Dear friends in Christ, you who are waiting for the coming Savior, if you have had to wait for exciting things to happen, you know how God's people felt as they waited for the Savior. If you've had that anticipation grow and grow as your wedding day grew closer, or the due date was becoming closer and closer on your calendar, or as you waited for the acceptance letter to come, or the phone call about the job, then you know how God's people felt about the Savior coming. Okay, no. (laughs) You and I can't possibly understand, we cannot possibly feel how they felt. First of all, they didn't know the date when the prophecies about the Messiah would come true, when when a, a baby would be born to a virgin in Bethlehem. They didn't know, uh, they didn't know when, but they kept watching. Also, do you think that a wedding or a baby or college acceptance or a job begins to compare with the coming of the Savior into the world to save sinners? I don't think so. You might agree that the Lord's coming into the world, coming near to sinners, uh, was the most significant act of God since the creation of all things. And God has done more than a few incredible things. Luke tells us today about this significant moment in time. Jesus was coming near. The time had arrived for the Savior to appear on the public scene, uh, to be seen and heard to have his miraculous healing hand felt, to do the specific saving work of paying for the world's sin and conquering death. Jesus was coming near. But God had planned for a very special person to come before him, one with a position description penned by the hand of prophets beginning 700 years before his arrival. A person designated by God for a specific task, one filled with the Holy Spirit before he was even born, a man with a singular purpose in life, to prepare people to meet the Savior. A man called John, son of Zechariah the priest, was that man. At just the right time, God told John to go, and he began began preaching. That's how the people were prepared to meet their Savior. They would listen to John the Baptist as he worked the banks of the Jordan River and the areas around it. The prophet Isaiah had written about John's work and his message. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley will be filled and every mountain and hill will be made low. The crooked will become straight and the rough ways smooth. And everyone will see the salvation of God. You might say, okay, I understand that, that John was the voice calling in the wilderness, but, but if he was the preacher of repentance, how is this a preaching of repentance? And that's a fair question. Because the pictures that are used here aren't easily understood not, not the way they would have been understood by the people who heard Isaiah or heard John the Baptist preaching. This is the picture they had in mind. A, a messenger 
uh, running miles ahead of the king into a town and telling the people that the king was coming and that they should prepare for him. And the people would come out of the, out of the town and they would prepare the road uh, for him to travel on. They would make it just right, fit for a king. Maybe the closest expression you and I have for something like that is to, to roll out the red carpet. John the Baptist, the messenger of God, was telling the people to, to roll out the red carpet for the Savior King to enter on. But that still doesn't quite explain how this is repentance. Well, this picture ends with, and everyone will see the salvation of God. That makes this road business a spiritual thing, doesn't it? The three processes of road preparation are, are leveling things, straightening them out, smoothing them over. Picture that as the activity in a person's heart, as repentance brings the Savior near and leads to salvation. Some have explained it something like this. The valleys are the depths of sin. And the mountains and the hills are arrogance against God, the height of arrogance. And they say the crooked ways are, are deception and deceitful ways, and, and the roughness is sin in a person's life. It's probably not important to assign each thing a specific meaning like that. It is necessary, though, to see all of this as any sinful things that are an impediment to Christ coming to a person. Those sins are in the way if they're not repented of. John called out for people to humble themselves, to repent of their sins because the Lord was coming and they would find forgiveness in him. You may remember that repentance is more than just saying I'm sorry to God. And if that's a little unfamiliar to you, uh, listen carefully because this is incredibly important. This is repentance. To acknowledge that what I have done is considered sin before God. And yes, that I am sorry that I have offended God. And that I ask God to forgive me in Jesus and trust that I'm forgiven and that I intend to not sin like this again because I want to please my Savior. You can see why this requires a humble heart before God. As the Lord's coming was near, he humbled his people through John the Baptist's preaching of repentance. Humble repentance was the key that's what prepared the people to meet their Savior when he came. John would baptize those who repented and they would find forgiveness in Jesus, the one that, that John was preparing the people for and the one that John pointed them to. John was kind of a rough man. We're told that he wore a camel's hair clothes, scratchy kind of stuff, ate locusts and, and wild honey lived out in the wilderness. Jesus once questioned a crowd of people about their expectations for John. And he said, what did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? No. 
Then what did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Yet those who are dressed in splendid clothing and live in luxury are in royal palaces. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and much more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. So yes, John was maybe a little rough, appropriate for the rough preaching of the law that he was called to speak. But his message wasn't all tough stuff. He pointed people to Jesus. He, he prepared them to see and to hear Jesus when he came. As he prepared the people and the people prepared their hearts, then what Isaiah said would come true. And everyone will see the salvation of God. The Savior was coming near to them to forgive their sins and to give them heaven. This is glorious gospel. This is just like when, when John pointed to Jesus and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so John, John was a law gospel preacher. And we're going to get a chance to hear a little bit of his law gospel preaching next Sunday in the gospel. Even though it took me this long to mention it, um, it's pretty hard not to notice the way Luke begins this section. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, while Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod was tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip was tetrarch of the region of Ituria and Trachonitis, and Lysanias was tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John. Perhaps you remember that, that Luke was a doctor in addition to being a missionary and a great historian and researcher when it came to writing his gospel. You get the sense of that from reading these words. He locks down the arrival of John to a specific point in time, a specific place in history. He names the political and the religious rulers at just that time. That was exactly the time God decided to activate John and reveal the world's Savior. Now, certainly you know that John's message wasn't only for a specific, significant moment in time. The preaching of repentance is needed today. And the message is really as urgent for you and me as it was for the people then. Through his word, God is sending John to you and me today so that we're prepared to have Jesus come near to us. After all, every one of us is sinful. We all need to repent, to level out the path, to, to straighten it out, to smooth it over as the Lord comes near to us. Perhaps a sin common to us all is that we don't take seriously enough that the Lord is coming near. Advent is the season of anticipation for our celebration of Christmas, Jesus' first coming. But what about what's going on right now? Is Jesus not near us now? Does Jesus not come nearer to us as we receive his body and blood in the sacrament? And as he speaks to us directly through his word? It's not just ritual that we go through here at the Lord's table. 
listening to the, to the Bible being read or its truths being spoken may be a regular thing, but it's not to be simply routine. Are we guilty of not recognizing or, or maybe appreciating the very presence of Christ and his voice even as someone else speaks the scriptures? Maybe we need the wake-up call of John the Baptist. Maybe we need to find humility. Humility that repents before Christ. That realizes how precious his word and sacraments are. That looks to him for forgiveness and trusts him totally for eternal life. I know I need that. I suspect that you do too like the people who waited for uh, both Jesus and his forerunner, John. We don't know the exact moment that the Lord will come to us on the last day. But we ought to look forward to it with anticipation because he'll be coming to take us with him into heaven. If we've been more excited about Christmas celebrations and weddings and babies and such things, than we have about Christ coming to us to take us to be with him? That's not right either. God does give us those gifts to enjoy and to appreciate uh, while we live here in this world. But life here and the things of this world are not more important than Jesus and living with him in heaven. Perhaps a bit of humble repentance is needed there too. And remember, again, repentance is not just being sorry. It's a change of mind. It's a change of heart. It means that I don't want to sin like that anymore. So I intend to recognize and appreciate when Jesus comes near to me in his word and in his sacraments. I intend to be thankful and excited about the the people and the gifts that God gives to me while I live here in this world, but I am more excited and filled with anticipation for my release from this sinful world and entering eternal life with God. That's the way humble repentance looks as Jesus comes near to us now, even while we are preparing for him to come to us on the last day. May we listen to John the Baptist and humbly repent of our sins daily in preparation for the Lord to come near when we will see the salvation of our God. Amen.